Hey everyone, and welcome back to another Pep Talks podcast. This is Leah, and I'm really pleased to introduce our guest for this episode, who is Samir Debra, who is also known as Spongenuity. Samir is a lead software engineer and a generative artist based in the UK. By day, he leads a team at ARM, but when he's not at work, Samir uses his technical knowledge to create art installations and portraits using projection mapping and robotics. His works can be seen in hotels in New York and Barcelona, as well as homes around the world. And so with that, I'm pleased to introduce Samir. Hi, Leah. How's it going? Yeah, it's going good. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. good. So, Samir, you're going to be talking to us today a bit about your work, both professionally and a sort of another venture that you're also doing, which kind of connects to, I guess, your work in a, in a way, but has obviously like caught a lot of people's attention and been a really innovative way of kind of mixing art and technology. But I think what would be nice is if we could sort of start at the beginning um, and sort of start with kind of who you are and, and your profession. Okay, sure. So uh, by career, I'm a software engineer, like by day, uh, and I lead a UI team, a company called Arm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Arm, they create chips and microchips and stuff, but my work is mainly centered around uh, like working with clients, okay. uh, working out what they want, their resources, and then so me and the work with the team, we sort of build out whatever they need, mm-hmm. whatever they want. Um, and the generative side of, side of things is more... Um, so that's art I build out. It's like installations. So using a bunch of different things, but a lot of the time it's software based. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be using machines, using um, sort of map, projection mapping on walls and, and that sort of stuff. It's definitely, yeah, very, very appealing um, just to look at. But from the software engineer side of things, what sort of sparked your interest to go into this field? Could you kind of talk us through that? So I sort of fell into it. Um, yeah, so my, my background is actually finance. I always sort of had an interest in tech, but I always sort of treated it as a hobby. Mm. Much any other hour in the day, I'm a visual slash generative artist. Um, and I work between London and Belfast. From the age of about 14, 15, I used to like uh, make MySpace pages for people and things like that, uh, using like graphic design and stuff. Uh, but it was always a hobby. When I got into uni, I made a few friends and I saw the work that they were doing and it sort of piqued my interest. And then from there, I sort of started uh, teaching myself, really. Wow. And that's how everything got to where it is now. So by background, like at uni, you studied finance then? I studied banking and finance, yeah. Wow. Um, I was kind of in finance from the age of, 18 so I got internships early which was great I was fortunate enough but it was like sort of, sort of like a a snowball effect so once I got in that's all I ended up knowing um yeah. I wanted to do more but I never had an opportunity to sort of branch out and look at other things right um so it was something I had to do in my own time really then yeah then over time I started growing a passion for this sort of thing slowly even through my career started edging my way more like into the tech side Nice. So did you, so, you know, you, like you said, you studied banking and finance at uni and then at the end, did you go on to work in, in the field, in the banking and finance field? And then sort of, how did that happen? Yeah, it was essentially like that. So I, I went into finance right away. So working middle office at City Group, then Society General. And I was sort of teaching myself during that time. Well, I'm sort of asking my friends about that sort of stuff, basically. So it's asking them, 
you know, what I should look at, what I should read up on. And then from there, I moved into consulting and it was financial tech consulting. So I was sort of between interest in it and a bit more exposure. The next sort of career move I made was straight into tech. I managed to land a role, like it was a contracting role for one year at Facebook. But mm-hmm. that was like fully immersive, took everything and learned as much as I could then. Once that sort of happened, then um, as in talking from like a professional perspective, like it really, that's what really helped me move on from there. Right. Yeah. And when you were asking your friends kind of like about what to learn or what, what was it that you were learning or, or teaching yourself? If you can sort of give us a glimpse into that for anyone that might be interested. Yeah. So, um, so my friend, he was like, he, he's an absolute genius to, to, to be honest, but he's um, very proficient in a lot of different languages. And okay. uh, he knew I was interested in making websites when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. That's when he led me down the sort of, the road of like JavaScript and those sort of languages, right? Which is tech is pretty easy to, to pick up on. I mean, if you look at the whole spectrum of languages, uh, yeah. and then uh, from there, like I basically yeah, that's mainly that's my forte. That's what I'm like I'm good at. I said mm-hmm. like growing to have a talent in it because it's a it's a language you can be creative in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So from that, everything sort of grew from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've learned a bunch of others. I've, I'm proficient in C Sharp and in Python as well for different right. C Sharp, that was for games. Because um, there, there was a, a small stint where I was helping him make a bunch of games on his, like, for a project that he was working on. So I wow. just learned on the go, learn on the go. So this uh, a free sort of, like, work experience. Like, you you were just being kind of thrown right in, into it, I, in a yeah, way. I was, just, I was just being nosy. And he had... <laughs> Yeah, and he just had enough, he needed help. So that's how it kind of worked. Scratch my back, scratch your back sort of situation. Exactly, exactly. Nice, nice. So then obviously then you started working, you know, for Facebook, you said, and you finished that. And then what happened after that? So after that, so I had like a, um, a good amount of work done, right? I had right. like a portfolio of the things I've done in the past. Um, people could see where I've, what projects I've helped with, etc. But there was a mismatch in my head, I felt where I didn't have enough theoretical like knowledge, so right. I took like about six months. Well, while I was working as well, six months to do a, a boot camp to sort of boost that information and that, just to become more confident in it. Um, right. And although I think I was relatively proficient, uh, it sort of made me feel more confident in what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that whilst I was like doing other <laughs> sort of techy work as well. I was like, do actually I went back to consulting. So okay. Solution consulting. Um, while I was doing that and then from there moved over to a company called Olipic which is just a tech startup that works with Instagram Uh, yeah and then from there Arm right yeah so I contracted for Arm then I got a permanent job at Arm nice and here you and here I am in the middle of Belfast in an office in Belfast (laughs) yeah I think I asked you this last time when when I um, met you but um are you so far the only Eritrean you've seen in in Belfast? Um, no, <laughs> only because I was I did walk down the street like a few um, this is pre Corona before Corona like I was walking down the street and uh-huh. I heard two guys speaking to Grinya, <laughs> and that was it, it took it took too long for me to realize oh no they spoken to me and also I thought it'd be weird for me to run up to them and <laughs> ask them about it but. If I see them again, I promise. Uh, yeah. I'll try to interact. Yeah. 
listen out <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> that's our that's like our alarm bell isn't it yeah um, exactly <laughs> that's yeah. really um so yeah so here you are now at arm and obviously I don't know when it was that you started kind of this other sort of segment of work that you do um in the kind of visual and, and generative space as an artist but could you kind of tell us how that started um you know wh were you cramming it in alongside all the other things you were doing or w was it again just sort of one thing leading to another how, d how did that start um sort of I th it literally so I've always been quite a creative person like a lot of the stuff where I was making the websites I wasn't doing I wasn't making websites because I like to code I was making websites because I wanted them to look like nice I was thinking from like a graphic design perspective okay so when it came to the coding stuff there was always things like okay how can I um you know add some like design elements into this sort of thing sure. um so yeah sure we could look in CSS and stuff but I was like you know is there this creative aspect of coding mm -hmm. and I started doing some research and I found out yeah there is and it's it's quite fast growing as well like it's fairly new it just, ha it just happened to be there like a good point in time basically it's like 2017 talking as well sorry if you could just what? give like was this at a certain year or yeah. was it like, yeah 2016 2017 okay and that's when I sort of um yeah no not not that long ago at all um mm. and so there was like a bunch of languages specific to that sort of stuff so right. the one I worked with is called processing which is basically java so I'm getting super nerdy basically java but with like a wrapper so it's easier for artists and designers to use like okay. it's super super simple nice. the, idea, the idea is it's simple for you so you can be as creative as you want right right you don't have to think of all the other like stuff so it's more universal it's like hey I, i'm interested in designing I, you know i don't need to sort of learn the code uh, am i right here like you know it, it kind of has it embedded in a way yeah as in it's um no i think there's still some coding of, uh, needed but it's okay. it's not difficult like it's very very easy to pick up Cool. Um, so yeah, I started learning about that um, mm. and saw some tutorials on YouTube about that. And then once I understood how things happened, that was it for me. Like I just started getting really creative with it and started just making different things. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that work is, so if you go on my Instagram page and scroll right to the bottom, you can see those things there. Like, um, I, so I started just making sort of animations, um, okay. just nice looking, looping animations. Yes, yes, uh, I remember seeing that, yeah. Yeah. So I had I was sitting on a lot of those for like a year. Um, mm. I was just doing them in my spare time, and I thought one day let me just post them um, and see how that goes. And then yeah. it started to really pick up and lift off. And then all of a sudden, from that, I would get uh, people contacting me, asking me for advice. They're like architecture students asking me for advice. I'm like, I'm I'm not the guy, but I'll, I'll see how I can do it. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just me being creative with this medium, but it turns out that these people are studying this too. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <yeah, so, laughs> You're uh, doing like a full in one compact degree there for some reason. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's been it's been it's been an interesting ride, like definitely. So that was like the software aspects of it. Sure. And then uh, from there that sort of grew out into me sort of wanting to branch out even further. Mm to sort of the the robots and the robotics uh, part of this has that how did that transition happen um just to kind of continue that 
so yeah, so that started again from like the software. So okay, I um, first did I made like a sort of like a virtual mock-up of it. Um, mm. Then essentially it was an idea. I was like, can I can this happen? Then yeah, I did everything I could to see if it could. Sort of experimented just slowly, and slowly it took like three months for me to make the code, and right. then I learned about these machines. So this one here is called AxiDraw, as in the components of it and everything. So right. I had to think really hard whether I wanted to purchase it because it wasn't cheap. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, so I got it and then I've modified it quite a bit. That's like the first one. And then I have another two that I've built as well. So that's right. how it's it's all gone on from there. But um, essentially, it's like once I understood how this thing works, uh, without getting, I, I don't know how nerdy you want, really want me to get, but uh, <laughs> it's, it's okay. like... It was like translating, yeah, it was like translating um, SVGs into sort of G code. So it's, okay. it, it tells it how to move along the paper. Right. And right. once I worked that out, it was kind of as simple as uh, pressing enter and then it just starts to do its thing. Right. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm, I'm shortening down. Like it was three, it was three months of work. Well, uh, <laughs> but that, that's it. That's it in short. Yeah. So I just started off with just like, just, anything just to see if the whole concept would work right um and then so, once I... so like images let's say of someone on google you know people on google and then you're making the code which then your robot then draws and designs using that code that you're then inputting basically uh yeah that's how it started, that's how okay. it started. yeah and then so in terms of like the portraits themselves um yeah. started off, it sort of grew to being um so there's different ways it works so i have um just those where it can just take an image and process through right. there's another one where it works with a photographer you take a photograph and does that wow so there's, there's that element to it yeah so there's um the hands i don't know if you see uh, like yeah um okay. the face and stuff yeah so they're um they're cg they're completely computer generated and wow. they go through as well and then you've got the the really creepy ones which are the ai that's a uh, oh do you mind know so it's raspberry pi Okay. So that plugs in itself is a computer. That's a the whole computer itself there, right? So right. that does the processing I need. And I did this whole crazy setup where it connects to the Google Home. So you tell it to create a portrait. It then thinks up a generative face, which doesn't technically exist. And then we'll just start drawing. And it was just this whole concept piece that I thought I'd just do. Just drawing yeah. random faces that that we don't know yeah. exist. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. So oh, it's wow. an AI, like, yeah, so it's a generative face that it, That's that, crazy. The, that little computer thinks of, puts it through the algorithm, and then it starts to draw. Right. So there's different there's different elements to it. And wow. it's just me trying to be creative yeah. <laughs> and see where That's I get with it. That's definitely, that's definitely, <laughs> it's, it's something, right? <laughs> So actually, Samir, my next question for you was about the name that you also go by um, on your social media, Spongenuity. Could you tell us about the name and how you got it? Yeah, so when I was um, when I was 15, um, I was at like a youth club sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And it was just a bunch of like tasks that you had to do. And then uh, one of the people working there called me a ball of spontaneous ingenuity. And then... <laughs> Um, and that's all where the word came from and people there just start start calling me that and then I was like 
I was like, yeah, I'm claiming this. Wow. And I'm just... Things that people tell you. <laughs> or call yeah, it's you. great. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. And so the yeah. continued from there, basically. Pretty much. I just stuck onto it. I held it. I always liked it. Yeah. And then when it came to doing this, I was like, yeah, this, this is me now. Nice. <laughs> That's really cool. So do you think you can give us a kind of snapshot of all the things that you've done as a generative artist? What has your work involved? Yeah, so um, it started off small, like it's generative mm-hmm. art stuff, and it's become a full, like, blown business, essentially. Wow. So um, I, so for example, I'll, um, from time to time, I'll build software for other companies, like generative art software for them to use. Amazing. Um, there are two hotels now that use my uh like my my visual my looping algorithms so they have like projectors set up and they'll just have like a wall screen like playing different things no way it's 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 really weird seeing seeing that sort of stuff um and so i've done that the um portraits themselves they've been used by various companies as well like award shows and whatnot it's been great um and then now of course like i've branched off into like clothing so I use the same sort of algorithms to uh, to control embroidery machines nice. um, in a whole other sort of, yeah, it's just been, it's been great. It's been loads of fun. It's been loads of fun. Wow. Um, and it really just shows, I guess, it's endless, like what can be made, you know, now, you know, just even hearing the natural progression of, of how you've come to get to where you are today is amazing. Yeah, thank you. Um, it's, I think I'm just, to be honest, I'm most of the time just having fun with it. Mm. Um, I think that's important. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because even when it gets difficult, when once I have an idea and I know I can achieve it, I'll just do whatever, whatever it takes to get that thing done. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think that that's that's the most important thing uh, that I'm enjoying what I'm doing, and so that's what kind of why I started doing this. It was our fun. It, it it wasn't meant to be a business. It was just meant to be uh, <laughs> just a hobby. Yeah. And and I guess, like, just as you were just sort of, in a way, alluding to earlier in the sense that, you know, sometimes it's kind of an iterative process where you've got to try and try and try again, you know, you come into a stumbling block. Have have you faced any difficulties when, you know, putting together the, this concept of what you do now? Um, well, I think there are difficulties all along the way. I think you're meant to face challenges when, you, when you're trying to, if you once you have a vision, you know you're going to have stumbling blocks and roadblocks on, on the way. Right. It's just a, it's just a matter of how you're going to avoid those and how you're going to solve the problems. But yeah, um, all the way through this, I've had stumbling blocks. Like it's not, <laughs> it's a very very normal thing to me. Um, right. I think one of the biggest roadblocks I think was um, whether I should get the machine itself. Because mm. that was one thing I was like, I, I don't know if I want to buy this thing if it's not going to reap any benefits for me or if it's not going to. But I mean. I got it and it sort of worked out. I think that might be it. I think that there are roadblocks all the way, all the way down, but it's all about how you um, sort of attack them that matters more. Mm. It's going to have something, right? It's, it's not. Yes, as well, just to add it in a sense, especially when you're kind of working in the kind of creative space, you know, this, this is almost, as you were saying earlier, like this was something that, you know, you just thought of or, or sort of started from a simple you know hobby that you're doing on the side you know making my space for people which then turned into something which you know it was kind of a snowball effect in a way so I guess it's expected in a way like when you're working in a field where there's no sort of defined path 
because this is this is very new you know to me at least seeing this this work and and this art of yours um it's very unique um so yeah i can i can only imagine you know along with the stumbling blocks the huge success also that it sounds like you've you've also had as a result of taking the risks in a way yeah it's 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 been it's been okay so far but also i think because uh, there was no set defined path with this mm. so the way i was taking this thing um stumbling blocks weren't really anything that would actually stop me right <laughs> it was just like it's i'm sort of just following an experiment sure. exactly exactly yeah. yeah and and i guess sort of as we come to the to the end of this podcast um something that we like to ask all of our guests is a series of questions um but just to kind of start off with what tips do you have for anyone um that might be looking to get into your field okay so um because generative art is so fast growing Mm. there are loads and loads and loads of resources online like there's tons it's one of the easiest ways to get in is just to go go onto youtube and there's like a the best i think the best resource is something called the coding train yeah so it's hosted by daniel schiffman and Mm -hmm. he is uh yeah he's basically one of the best people to learn from he's i think he's one of the chairs of like processing basically he's uh, absolutely he's when it comes to like generative art and generative design he's one of the best people to to speak like to speak to to ask then just to learn from wow. um he has videos weekly um and there are even live sessions where you can chat with him as well nice there, there's literally no better resource than that in my opinion yeah. um other other languages as well which you, you probably once once you start to delve deeper into it but mm. everything has a tutorial um and everything is very open and easy to learn yeah it's just it's about how much time you want to commit into it right yeah so with that front of things basically you've got to kind of I guess in a way be quite dedicated in a way or or know at least how much you're willing to give into it and hopefully from that you kind of will get the output or at least reap some sort of reward yeah yeah I'd say um maybe don't you just browse and learn for, for to begin with Mm. and then if something piques your interest then you then you'll know yeah and then from there you can see whether you want to learn like deeper and go into this more got you but to start off with just look at the videos watch them and sort of immerse yourself in it yeah and what kind of advice do you wish you might have had um or wish someone gave you take your own path Mm. i feel like had i done it a little bit earlier i may have I'm, i'm happy with where i am I have no complaints, but I feel like um, I could have been braver earlier and mm. I could have made those changes and those leaps earlier. Mm. Um, and shifting from a technical mindset, like a business working in the office mindset to right. being creative, those are two very polarizing things. And that can be, it can be a, a scary jump. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if I could speak to myself a bit earlier, I would definitely tell myself to make that jump. Uh, going from that um what advice do you, would you give anyone who's listening to this podcast then if if you are looking to get into the creative um space especially generative art um yeah don't be scared to make a leap mm. um i'd say it's the smart idea to protect yourself in in sense that like you know have a backup right 
having a thought, most people have have a backup and then go for it. You have nothing to worry about. Yeah. Um, yeah. As long as you have that fallback, it's all good. I think. Right. Yeah. No, I hear that. Um, um, and I guess yeah, for you in a way, like you, you've always got, I guess, that background in finance. Or does that seem like way like no way I'm going back to that now? I'm not gonna lie, I'm probably a bit rusty now. But <laughs> um, sure yeah, but I have I, I still have the software. I still have this tech stuff like behind me anyway, day to day. Exactly. Yeah. And final question, with all its seriousness. Um, so if you had to eat gaat kitcha or full for breakfast, I don't know why you're laughing because this is serious. <laughs> for a year um which one would you choose yeah um no the reason i'm laughing is because i answered this before and you shamed me for it and i had to <laughs> go away and, and think about it the answer probably had to be full okay. out of the three it was i'm not gonna lie it was initially got but then i didn't take into account that it was for a year yeah um, and that's like that's not gonna benefit me at all <laughs> It can, be, <laughs> it can be a lot. Yeah, yeah it'll be a lot long-lasting impact. So, yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be the one. <laughs> we'll leave it at that then. Um, thank <laughs> you so much, Simir. Um, it's been a pleasure to kind of hear everything in a way. Um, I've, I've learned so much and hopefully, and, and I'm sure everyone listening to this um, has learned a great deal too. So thank you for kind of letting us know about everything. And obviously, uh, to everyone listening, please check out uh, Samir's work, um, Spongenuity, um, and all the details will be listed um, with this podcast. So check that out. And we look forward to having you on another Pep Talks podcast. So that brings us to the end of this episode of Pep Talks. To keep up to date with the latest episodes and news, make sure to sign up to our mailing list by heading over to our website, www.pepcommunity.org. And please do follow us on our social media, which are all linked in the podcast description. We hope that you tune in next time.